Hi, and welcome to Telepathic TV. This is television that you watch with your third eye, and I'm R. Neville Johnston. And I'm Mary Phelan, and our program is about raising our consciousness. And tonight we're going to discuss power places. But before we do that... I sat on a power place once. God, was I embarrassed. Okay. Oh, today in Mayan is... Is Seven Kib. And mm -hmm. Kib is the tribe of the warrior. The warrior is the balance between intellect and intuition. And people born in the Kib tribe usually have very good senses of humor as well. Make good intuitive counselors as well as um, regular counselors mm -hmm. with people. And the seventh position in the wave spell uh, talks about... Did I say seven? I or did. Twelve. Seven. It is a seven, yeah. But I thought I said talks twelve by accident. The, uh, or by mistake, whatever word we would use. Talks about the place in the... For, the wave spell represents the formation of a concept, an idea, some goal that you set six days ago. And on the seventh day, you're checking things out to make mm -hmm. sure they are resonant with your programming. So it's a very interesting day, especially in the tribe of Kib, and with um, the guide Lamat tribe, which, as, the yeah, guide tribe. as the artist. Well, this is also things. my wave spell. This is mm -hmm. the wave spell I was born in. Mm -hmm. And tone seven, being the resonant tone, is, is how we um, take away, remove things that no longer serve. And that is removing things in a very balanced way. That yeah. Serves yeah. both things. The gentleman okay. that answers the phone for us is a seventh tone mm -hmm. as well. And um, what is it? Monique. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So power places. <clears throat> Indeed. And well, there's a, there are power places on the planet, and we're going to talk about that and what that really means. And power places on your body and power places in your home. And perhaps we can start with the power places in your home. This is something we do in the psychic development class and then maybe move into some of the other things that we were going to talk about. Power places are where the energies around you resonate very perfectly with the energies going through you. Where I first heard about power places was when I read the Carlos Castaneda books a long time ago. And in one of the books, Don Juan had Carlos find his power spot on this big back porch, like a screened-in porch. And he, and he left him out there all night saying, um, you can't go to sleep until you find your power spot. And he goes, well, how can I find it? I don't know what you mean. He goes, when you find it, you'll know. And so all night long, Carlos sat and he moved one inch to the right, one inch to the right, kept going until he sat in every square inch of that porch. And well, I don't know if he went to all of them, but until he found his power spot, and the moment he did, it clicked on. He felt completely at one with his whole environment in that moment. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you can find that power place in your bed when you get into a certain position and you're really comfortable and feel the energy More or less flowing. More do it instinctively. Mm -hmm, and inspiration flowing through. Mm -hmm. It's like you plug yourself in to that spot. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of different contributing factors as to why that is a power spot for you, which I, I will share more in a little while. Uh, the feng shui people would uh, propose to understand this in uh, other sets of terminology. Uh, one thing that the feng shui people talk about is the idea of a right angle jutting into a living space. Yes, you could bang your head, 
but I believe the <laughs> reality there is that the uh, right angle, and we live in nothing but right angles. I mean, civilization is built on the right angle, the modern one. Anyhow, you know, when was the last round home you ever saw where all the walls are rounded? So the, I did see one the other day, as a matter of fact. If I had a choker ray handy, I'd demonstrate, but the right angle is an interdimensional access point, <coughs> and that's why the feng shui people are uh, uh, stringent about where you're allowing interdimensional access in your environment, and mm-hmm. they have a good point there. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, basically chairs are right angles that we sit in, but as you were saying, you could put it in a more resident place, definitely. And that is the way this power place thing works. Well, there are, there are a lot of contributing factors, as I was saying, to power places. There can be what is commonly called a vortex. And a vortex is anywhere that energy is coming through or, or going out. So you can have vortexes that are drains, and you can have vortexes that are faucets, just depending on which dimension or, or what dimension is uh, putting energy into which dimension. Mm-hmm. Sometimes this dimension we're familiar with puts energy into another dimension. Um, and I guess let me back up. Each dimension is not sealed off. We have connector points. You could look at them as ladders that lead into these other dimensional planes. Quantum physics talks about them, about parallel realities, whatever we want to call them. There are many, well, many, many of them. Third dimension is fairly have, sealed off, you know, because you don't perceive other dimensions until you begin to develop the faculty Okay, but there are, there are yeah, exit saying, yeah. points that are like ladders where you mm-hmm. can go into, in, into other dimensional realities. We do it every night. That's why we build up portals and vortexes around our bed as we go to sleep at night. Mm-hmm. But what happens is, since there can be no void, if we, if we have an energy going to one place, then the energy in there has to be displaced and go somewhere else. So there are points at which there are energy exchanges between dimensional realities. Now, when you have a portal, or I mean, excuse me, a vortex that is giving energy, a lot of people... Um, say that Sedona has those types of vortexes and they like to go and and sense and feel that energy. But there can also be energies that pull out and those are very useful too. Oh, absolutely. I think uh, many people are familiar with the uh, vortex by the airport in Sedona where someone broke their leg and healed it because of the energy formation. I hadn't heard that, but I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, yeah. Well, we uh, do a lot with um, the human body and the vortexes it has or power places that it has in our training people on the subject of Sekim, which is an ancient Egyptian. Uh, it's been passed down an unbroken line for an uncountably long time. And it is the ability to get energy to flow directly through you and the practicing of this. Well, that's a very facilitate. good. That's a very good example, which is the chakra system, which are the ener- energy vortexes on on the physical body or the energy body that's superimposed over the physical body, and that is another example of how we say keem, we pull energy from another dimensional plane into this dimension in the form of that healing. Yeah. And we 
le- get energy to leave and transmute as well. Yeah, and it is, um, as we say, the initiations and then the practice of it uh, has been going on for a long time, and there are hand positions that pay attention to angles uh, that will facilitate uh, this moving on. The um, uh, ancient Egyptians uh, had a series of temples up the Nile, seven temples which correspond to the chakras, and the seventh temple is that of Sekhmet, who is the lion goddess, who is the uh, being that is the uh, facilitator of the Sekim, named that way. And um, the practice of this is really rather remarkable. Mm-hmm. We A very long time ago, we had a refrigerator that was failing, and we uh, just applied the Sekim energy to the refrigerator. It was so failing that it would heat food, rather than cool it. And when we did the Sekim on it for not more than a few minutes, uh, the following morning it was making ice again. Mm-hmm. And we've started cars, we've done a 100,000 very useful things with this energy, yeah. besides healing people, I mean. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, that's <coughs> what I used for a long time to, um, to repair computers and to work on computer type of things. And, and it's an example, like we were talking about earlier, um, and, and you brought up an interesting point about hand positions, because a power spot can also be uh, something that is attained when two energy forms come together in a certain way, in a certain configuration. So it's not always something, as in a vortex, that's sending energy in or pulling energy out. Um, I'd like to, since I brought up the term vortex, I'd like to explain portal in connection to that because sometimes I see them written in a, in a manner that superimposes them over um, or uses those to refer to the same thing. And a portal is an opening, a fixed opening, but is often uh, like a shortcut when you bend reality like a wormhole. Like if you take the fabric of, rea- uh, of reality and you bend it, and then there is a a tube that can take you from this destination to this destination without having to go all the way over the the distance when it's flattened out. Mm -hmm. Um, That is often called a a portal or a wormhole. And portals are something that you can create with your consciousness. You can put, uh, put that intention there and create a portal to a certain dimensional plane, as in doing readings. And when you set up a place in your home to do readings, it's good to do it in the same place every day because that portal into these other dimensions where we travel as we do our spiritual work, it gets built up. That's why um, another example of power places are temples and churches and the ocean, various other places. I remember um, the pyramid in Egypt, the Cheops Pyramid, the big oh, one. Oh, yeah, that's a big power place. Yeah, well, this is a miniature of it that's in exactly the same uh, set of angles. That uh, It's actually 51 degrees, 51 minutes, 24 seconds is the exact angle that it's at for those engineers in our audience. And um, a pyramid is a really interesting uh, piece of the sacred geometry that's available to us to understand. And a pyramid, by virtue of its form, 
uh, tends to conduct electrons along the frame of it, if you follow uh, what I'm saying here, which you do. It just tends to move electrons along its edge. And uh, a pyramid would actually pump water out of the ground if it was left to its own uh, device. And they've had uh, the government in Egypt has had uh, pyramids flooding, and it's, it's just simply because of the form. So there's far more complex geometries that we follow. Now, the ancient Cheops pyramid was used for not a burial chamber, as everyone would love to believe, apparently, because that's the mentality that we have here in the 21st century. Well, is it, for that exclusively. Yeah, death-oriented as we are. But it was used to initiate people in the um, mystery schools, in the original teachings that the Egyptians did. I had a dream, and I know it's direct connect to a past life, but uh, the initiate would be put in the um, sarcophagus, which was actually just the place where the initiation happened, and um, they would be left there for uh, some time, uh, 24 hours, let's say, and their soul would journey while they were the body was laying there. Mm-hmm. And then not all of the souls came back. And uh, so many of the people that, um, all of the people that initiate in Sekim that we deal with have had that history in um, uh, connection to the uh, Temple of Sekhmet, connection to the Cheops Pyramids mm-hmm. for initiation. Mm-hmm. So here in the 21st century, it's very easy to reawaken someone who has incarnated through that. And you can see the signature in the person. I know. It's a I developed eye. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I brought that up years ago, that there's almost like a lioness energy that's uh, in the features yeah. that's superimposed. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely um, noticed that myself uh, rich, I remember, many years yeah. ago. Well, one thing that you brought up about the pyramid that ties into what, what, you're, what we're talking about and, and what I was saying is perhaps the pyramids are the place where... Um, since it's a power spot in the, in the actual design of the pyramid and, and what goes on with that is a place that holds open a vortex point and or a portal point for people to go traveling and that's why they put the dead there so that they could travel and mummified them so that they would still be intact to do their traveling. When I was at the Serpent Mound which the Serpent Mound is definitely a power place. And I feel the Serpent Mound is the new Sedona. It's being called that, but I I literally know that that's the case because I did go to Sedona and felt that the Serpent Mound had such a strong, a powerful energy. And I'm not going to go er comparing this er more than that er or something like that, but I felt a much greater energy there. And I got the vision of the the original pyramid and saw that it's very much what you're saying. I agree with that. And the first time I ever contemplated a pyramid, I, I realized that within it, the wider base makes a stronger gravitational field there and a lesser one when it goes up to the point. And that it, it's almost like a, a spiritually or a psychic weightless zone within the pyramid. Mm-hmm. which would explain a lot That's of this That's why they phenomenon. put in all that granite that nobody can figure out, was to keep that from being a little too powerful. Oh. And we have our first caller. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? 
Hi, it's Nancy. Nancy, hey. Hey. Um, I've got some friends who are watching tonight's show. They have family members who um, seem to create a, a, prob a lot of problems for themselves or find themselves in problematic situations. And so they're, normal. they're wondering, you know, when can they start to figure out when they're helping and it's compassion or when they're actually being codependent? I, if you guys could talk about that in detail, I'll hang up. And oh, great, Nancy, that's good. really a brilliant question Thanks. because that's something that I wrestled with, let's say, for, <coughs> for many years. And what I would say is the, um, the best way to know is are you funded or not? And what I do is I put my hand over my heart and feel the vibration, the energy of what that feels like. And then I think about doing whatever, cleaning their room for them or giving them $500 or whatever that is that, that we think is being asked. And then see how my heart reacts. Does it get more energized? Does it feel life force moving through it? Or do you feel a sickness in the pit of your stomach? Do you feel uh, you know, a tightening? Because we do so many things out of guilt. And when you can differentiate if you're funded, if your action or your decision is funded through guilt or if it's being funded through love, your whole life will change overnight. And guilt and love feel very, very different. So if you can figure that out by uh, observing how your body reacts, that will be a huge thing. And another important factor in that is whether or not the person asks to have whatever this is done. You know, that's, uh, we're not talking about children, but uh, in general, if the person did not ask for it and you do it anyhow, you're automatically acting guilty. Guilt puppetry, this idea of it being um, something that, as you're saying, is not funded, but something that that won't, uh, it'll bounce back on you, mm -hmm. and you will not feel good That's about it. That's a very it. good point. You know, and so. asking for it isn't always a verbal asking for it. So oh, no, sometimes people are asking for things that it's not a verbal thing. Mm -hmm. Like a, a baby cold and shivering on the ground may not be in that position where it's a verbal thing. But we know when they're asking, because it's true. If you give things to people that don't ask, they don't respect it. Yeah. It doesn't serve them. It doesn't bring them any joy. And a very good mnemonic for this, just to straighten it out, is all enabling is compassion, and not all compassion is enabling. In other words, you can mm -hmm. refuse to help a person and have been exquisitely compassionate. Yeah, it's true. So, sometimes yeah, love really says yes, and sometimes love says no. Yeah, absolutely. So you really do have to use your own best, but uh, so many people are providing nourishing, if we want to use whatever word, they're providing service for so many, for everyone but themselves. And the last person they're going to take care of is themselves. And that's a very easy one also, in that in order to be in a position to love someone else, you must first love you. Otherwise, you are just right out of incarnation. And that is very much the way this works. So that's not... Um, you know, the biggest block or the biggest conundrum. But it is the idea that you really have to take care of you. And so I always, you know, people, it used to be popular, I'm number one, the little gold thing you got and wore around your neck. <laughs> well, you could understand that person very easily. Don't ask him for anything. You know? Yeah. But that was used as a hypnotic device to 
attract people that were enabling. Well, you know, something that I, I don't know if this is really on the same topic or whatever, but when you're talking Power about place. the I'm number one, I think that we're not really striving to be last on the list or number one, uh, more important than anybody. It, it's more like we have to walk through us to get out there. And so we cannot love other people until we go through the doorway of self-love because yeah. the love won't be real. It'll be yeah. guilt. It'll be anything else. It'll be obliged. It'll be trying to get someone's approval. But mm -hmm. it will not be love. Love has to come through the door of love. It can't come through the door of guilt or fear. You know, they tried the I'm number two necklace, but it, it just never got on. Yeah. Well, okay. I can well understand why. <laughs> yeah. All right. So power places, mm -hmm. um, that, that really is a great <coughs> question, though. It's, it's when do I help, when don't I help? And I, and I would say that if you're asking yourself the question mm -hmm. in any given moment, like should I or shouldn't yeah, I, that's a flag. the best thing is to climb out of the measurement and ask mm -hmm. your body, because mm -hmm. your body knows, your heart knows, your heart always has your best interest, and the heart cannot feel guilty, so it will not be doing anything in guilt. And that's the feedback system that we've gotten in our life mm -hmm. is if it makes you feel energized, if the universe empowers you energetically, then that's the direction to walk into. That's like some aspect of us putting the gas pedal on or the mm -hmm. brake. Watch how your body feels yeah. because it senses the gas and the brake. And the ancient expression, well, first we have to differentiate between helping and assisting. So the ancient expression, um, feed somebody a fish and they eat for a day, mm -hmm. teach them to fish and they eat for a lifetime. So most of the time the help, you know, like pay it forward, if it's something they cannot do, well, yes, then, then you, but you would also include the teaching in it. You would also say, this is how you do it. Not, I'm doing it for you, but this is how it's done. Mm -hmm. So that you won't have to continue to do that, but those addicted to the word need, uh, seem to short circuit on that one. In other words, not explaining the um, technique by which it's accomplished, just doing it for them. Then that, you know, that sets up that little loop around the person. Yeah. So and well, that I think is part of what our caller was talking about. Yeah, and, and we don't realize how much we disenable them when oh, yeah. we uh, do those everything for someone oh, absolutely. because they don't learn their own power and strength. And they become very angry and like every teenager on the planet. Yeah, and well, they have to use just America. Yeah, they're, they're very angry because they've never been able to do anything for themselves and now they're just, they, they have this entitlement that everything is to be done for them. Well, it's it can be annoying. They were taught that's how they find their power yeah. so they use manipulation to get their power. Yeah, it's exactly. much better. Okay, we have a call. Hi caller, what's your name please? Hi, I'm Stacy. Stacy, what can we do for you? I recently uh, changed careers. Well, I'm in the process of changing careers. And I wanted to know uh, what steps I would go about to find my, my new purpose because I didn't like my old career. Well, okay, well, purpose is an interesting word. Um, the idea of finding out what your life's lesson is mm -hmm. and your life's person, uh, purpose are two very different things. Ah. Yeah, so... Uh, we, we, we don't seem to realize this because your life has a purpose and your life has something for you to get as well. So what we know about your old job is you weren't getting what it is you came here to get. Yes. Okay. 
Now, is the purpose different? Because sometimes it's not. Because you can, you can get a lesson and go on to yet the next lesson, mm-hmm. but they'll all be behind the same purpose. Well, you know, that's a very interesting question and a very interesting conversation as well, because I, everything that I have seen in the universe tells me that everything is multipurposed. It doesn't rain for only one reason, yeah, dot, dot, dot. Yeah. So if we have multiple purposes... I think to find it might make it more elusive, or to see, seek it out might make it more elusive in a, in a way well, because we, we will look for one instead of more. Search seems to be part of what's going on there. So well, let me just finish uh, yes, my point there. Um, so perhaps uh, I've had people, I, I really don't remember where I was going with that, but I have had people come and say they would like to develop their creativity. How can I develop my creativity? Shall I paint or do what? And this is a very similar thing to what what you're asking, like what would fulfill me? And the thing is, something that I have observed in my own life and and, in lots of things that I do, that it is the feeling of creativity that brings the medium of expression. And so it's the feeling of fulfillment that will bring the vocation that fulfills you. It, since nothing lies outside of us, then it has to first begin in here. And so you, by leaving something that was obviously unfulfilling, have made a grand step in creating that fulfillment within you because you claimed your power. And I would hold the feeling of what you would like to feel like at the end of the day after you worked at a ideal type of a job what that feeling is, like coming home and being fulfilled. And if you write a few of those things down, what you would like to feel like, you're going to get clues as to what would make you feel that way. For instance, if you said, I would like to come home at the end of the day feeling like I've really helped a lot of people and not to the detriment of myself and coming home and feeling like I got to be creative and live in the moment and wasn't chained to a desk, well, then if you wrote all those things down, you're going to get a pretty clear idea that, that you're a counselor or you're a traveling counselor that doesn't stay in the office. You see what I mean? Right. Okay. So that's just one way of uh, looking at that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you. And it's a big step forward to take that commitment and step away from the things that Absolutely. you... Absolutely. Yeah. So congratulations, because that takes a lot of courage. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yet another call? Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Or not. Hello, caller. Hey, this hey. is Carol. Carol. Uh, yeah, hi. Um, <laughs> hi, Mary. Hi. <laughs> um, okay, I have a question, or actually, I don't even know if I have a question. Um, we recently heard about NASA's uh, reports on solar in the upcoming in the next couple of years, 2012, let's say, that are going to devastate the Earth. And I just want to know what Neville has to say about that, and I want to know what Mary has to say about that as well. Okay. (laughs) All right. Since there's no such thing as a victim, it's not possible to have a doomsday. Yeah. Okay. People go in and out of incarnation all the time. It's not really news. So 2012 has been sold to us as a disaster because we'll buy it. Yeah. 2012, according to everything we understand, is the alignment of our solar system 
with the Galactic Center. I believe it will be a huge upgrade. I believe a lot of people that cannot resonate with being suddenly more conscious may or may not choose to discontinue the incarnation. But I don't see it as a disaster or anything else. It's just the next. Uh, one more point, which was the harmonic convergence in 89. Nobody felt that. Nobody, you know, I, I went out on the porch and looked at the moon. There's the moon. Okay, I'm done. Uh, about a year later, I was married and had my first child. Uh, and so I'm saying the consciousness uh, evolutionized throughout the planet, but it wasn't like someone knocked on your door and said, here's your in, you know, increased consciousness. And 2012, it's going to be the same thing, I believe, more dramatic. So go ahead. Well, I, when people ask me what's going to happen after 20, 2000, or 20, 2012, gosh, 2012, so that's going to be a long time in the future. I say 2013 yeah, exactly. is what's going to happen after that. The thing is, is it's this large cycle. Followed by. Okay. It is this large cycle yeah. that is coming to a completion point, and the Mayan timekeeping is so brilliant, it is really rhymed with certain galactic things to anchor this calendar into reality. Meaning, if we were to say, okay, this particular date, whatever I designate, January 1st, is direct, it, it, January 1st will be when the moon looks a certain way then that ties that date in with a galactic activity. And that's what the mind calendar did to this mammoth scale. And it mm -hmm. is coming to that point. I say we have felt this shift coming for quite some time. And I know you brought up the solar flares, and that does happen every 11 years. Cyclic, there's, yeah. there, there's a lot of that. And I think that right now, it's like that wherever our attention is placed, any kind of other phenomenon is being tied to uh, the 2012. You know, I just thought we of, could uh, also say, "Oh, the subway train broke down because of 2012," and people were mean in, on a certain day of the week because of 2012. Anything can be tied to anything. You know, the other thing I just recognized from the whole 2012 is that's gotten every human being to say the word Mayan calendar. I know. Yeah, so I believe that was that's the uh, reinstatement of the Mayan calendar. Maybe the thing that occurs. At 2000. Well, I've been printing out those mind things for how many years yeah, now? And we've thousands. been having them on the show. Um, yeah, every show we have the date in Mayan. At least nine years, I would say. Ten, I think. Yeah. Well, since I've been printing those, because I yeah. got the so software to, get to do that people in 2001 to or 2000. Begin to follow the Mayan calendar, because we've said, we've talked endlessly about the absolute genius that it is. There's nothing like it, mm -hmm. there's nothing even remotely like it. And we're reasonably well-educated human beings. There's nothing like this, mm -hmm. nothing that touches it. Well, you know, another thing is I think everybody is, well, readily agree, anybody that's watched The Secret or any of those type of things, readily will agree that our thoughts are creating our reality, ultimately. But yet, if that's true, then why would we still put energy into thinking the thoughts of destruction in our reality. The Habit. Maharishi effect has already yeah. shown us that right. less than 1% of the population can affect great change, change the crime rate. Exactly. The power of prayer, there are organizations that um, have done research in, into this and, uh, and have great um, bodies of evidence to prove that this is so. 
then why would we give power to that even if it were true? There's I mean, collectively. A, yeah. Well, it is a very simple, actually. People are really rather unreasonable about changing. Mm -hmm. They'll continue to eat meat because they ate meat before. They'll continue self-destructive behavior because that's what's become normal. So the answer would be either programming or habit, but that's the reason. So it's a relatively rare human being who is willing to actually change, willing to um, step out of things that have been there since childhood. Any one of us that's ever done the tobacco game has noticed that, gee, that is a habit. Okay, well, how do I, I want to put in a different program? You know, and that's going to be up to you. You're going to be the one that puts in the different program because nobody can step in your head and uh, rewire you other than you. But the knowledge, and that's what this show is very founded on, you have the ability to change. No kidding. You cannot not change. Let's see you do it. Fine, I'm changing. Okay. Well, I'd like to change in a certain direction. Well, that will require that you give up the other direction you were pursuing. Oh, no, I'm going to do both. I'll, I'll quit smoking and I'll smoke. Yes, you'll see. <laughs> right. I can see that. Yeah, you never touch your lips. I won't inhale. Is, How I've about that? <laughs> yeah, oh, I won't inhale, the famous Clinton line. Yeah, absolutely. I'll smoke through my ear. You know. Frankly, I'd be disappointed if Clinton did didn't inhale. No, come on. How can we elect a guy that didn't inhale? That's, that just doesn't make no, sense. No, I know. I mean... Uh, I would be very disappointed Clinton. in him because he was a pretty cool guy. Yeah, yeah. We haven't you had a president cool. that cool in the history and of presidents. Just pretend to inhale. Oh yeah, right. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this was a very stimulating call. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. The well, realization you. that 2012 was to get people back yeah. on the Mayan calendar. Yeah. 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 Well, I I I definitely agree with that one. Yeah, Definitely I see how agree. That's a flux of people really towards the us only for that. way to map physical reality is through the Mayan calendar because it takes yeah. into account multidimensional reality and a common source. We uh, teach the Mayan calendar about once every six months, but I believe that's we're right. We have not done it in a while. Yeah, I, will I believe we're it. going to um, convene a class on that. And it will be offered online as well when we do that for people to um, take it online. Uh, Go ahead. Uh, just if you are interested in studying the Mayan calendar and you've been watching this for years now and wonder what it is, email that you're interested in coming to a class and we'll convene one. Well, I'd like to share with people yeah. that we had um, our first uh, participant in one of my Monday night healing from the inside out, oh, healing yeah. the cause of weight gain class. Uh, uh -huh. Karen from Trinidad sat in through oh. Skype. Oh, at excellent. the class. So if you are out of town and would like to participate in workshops that we have here, please email mm -hmm. me because we have the technology now. We definitely do. And, and a lot of our that. classes are being recorded. And it will be for sale on our website and um, also for sale through IMU mm -hmm. um, if you're looking to get a degree. Yeah, and a few more things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. Well, we were talking say. about power places mm -hmm. and um, brought up the idea of the serpent mound, which I, I wanted to speak of just a couple more things. We <coughs> had, um, we've shown footage of Ross Hamilton, and we take groups out there, and we're going to be doing another trip 
out that direction in the spring. So if you're interested, let me know. We usually keep that group a certain size and in the low 20 of like 21, 22 people. Yeah, that's a Just because it's easy enough to manage and mm -hmm. it's a nice, powerful energy. We have such a wonderful time. We stay up at night and do ceremonies and stuff around the fire and we have a really lovely time. Yes, incredible but, um, time. That idea of the Sedona and, and the mound, when I was in Sedona, I got that the Serpent Mound was really this new location, this new Mecca. And so when we went to the Serpent Mound that time, we all opened this portal using stones that we had gotten in Arizona uh -huh. to bring that portal. And when I got home from that trip, a friend of mine had called and said she was reading some books of the, from the Hopis where they said that the that they they claim the serpent mound and they are the uh, tribes that are from Sedona or from that area, so there really is a tie-in between the two, and that more and more is being discovered about the serpent and how it's aligned with cosmological configurations. And we've talked about that on the show before. As a matter of fact, the show talking about the serpent mound is still in the archives. If anybody wanted to watch it, yeah, an excellent show. And uh, Ross Hamilton gives mm -hmm. away quite a bit of the, uh, there's just a huge amount of information there. Mm -hmm. and you were channeling uh, at the Serpent Mound. Yes, and I've got the went. audio of that I'll post soon on the, on the website. Oh, a lot of people mm -hmm. had asked me because a lot of people got messages. Uh -huh. Just an incredibly powerful place for me. And the last time we were there, I had people find their power spot and uh -huh. their battery spot at the mound. And we mm -hmm. had some sensational experiences. As a matter of fact, the day we went there to open the portal, there was an earthquake right there in Ohio, southern Ohio. Mm -hmm. So talk about the earth responding. Well, that's the serpent moving underground. Well, that was the portal opening, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I was feeling. Mm -hmm. yeah. And the energy going through it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So there are power places. Uh, uh, the thing about a power place is you can make it a will call. Uh, one of the chairs that I normally sit in the house, I uh, attach crystals to mm -hmm. uh, in a very specific geometry so that when I sit in the chair, it's a personal power place that I designed and created. Very simply, it is possible to do. Uh, I think we have a waveform up, which is another uh, will call, another portal that is created. So it's very interesting that uh, authority and sovereignty that we Absolutely. human beings have to create this. You can well, do it with symbols, you can do it with thought. That's absolutely true. And in, in psychic development, we create portals to bring in information. And that's what I was saying, how we in this reality have a lot of power to open up these portals and the, and, and these vortexes and take energy, information from other dimensional planes, uh, planes of reality, and send <coughs> information as well. Yeah, so it's, a, it's really a wonderful thing. So yep. anyway, I would, I would present to our viewers to find the power place in your home. And I'm going to share a, a fun technique with you. If you have a pendulum, get the pendulum out now if you wish. And if you don't have one, perhaps you could make one. one really easy simple way to make a pendulum is to put a string on a ring or a paper clip or a needle and thread even 
and walk around your house. Go into every room, and when the the uh, pendulum or whatever you have there on the end of your string or chain begins to move, you will know. Okay, perhaps my most power, sp- my my greatest power spot is in this particular room, and then walk all the way across and back and up and back, just like you were doing an archaeological grid over your room and walk through the room and when the pendulum has the most amount of movement (coughs) and for me an affirmative or open movement is a clockwise rotation although some people have it move back and forth like nodding their head for yes and this way for no but for me it's a clockwise spin for yes and a counterclockwise for no but you can ask that when you begin doing that, what your answer to that is or what your yes looks like. And when you find that spot, sit and meditate. In the dream class, which I'm going to be doing this uh, coming Sunday, we actually look at diagrams and drawings of your bedroom to see where certain energetic phenomena might be happening in, in order to understand where best to place your bed for the best night's sleep and to remember your dreams. But this is finding the best spot for you, a power spot for you to sit and meditate. And then sit there and meditate and see what comes to you. Ask your guides for insight or information. Mm-hmm. And please call into the show and let us know what you, what you experienced. Yeah, by all means. I believe in our house the living room would uh, spin the thing like a dynamo because of the number of things we've done in the... Uh, that's the classroom, really, but living room, technically. And, and we do say key initiations either there or right underneath it, so that creates quite a thing. Yes, yeah, so very powerful, and it is the creation of a portal mm-hmm. through just plain free will determination by doing all of these events. As well. Yeah, all of these events in this one place mm-hmm. amplifies the probability of someone being more conscious and visitors to the house that don't know us kind of like immediately go in to the living room and uh, the guy that came for the dishwasher was immediately fascinated by the living room. Yeah. Even though he was out of uh, oblige, kept going back to the dishwasher. Oh, we also have a lot of fun, interesting things to see there. Mm -hmm. But that's true. That's true. And that's why what you do in your sacred space if you're watching the TV shows that cause pain and injury, uh, and yeah. then you're bringing these energies into your home. Uh, that's another feature of our living room or our class areas. We never watch new shows or anything there, so it keeps it very mm-hmm. high vibrational. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And it looks like it's time. Well, for those of you that don't understand why we do the duck, Neville began doing the duck in homage to Groucho. Groucho Marx. Say the magic word. And Julius the duck, the modeling. So I thought Groucho thought it up. This ought to be good for something. So we've so had it Groucho, ever since. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, and there's just the nothing like a duck. That's oh, the dolphin duck. That's so funny. Okay, why don't you say yours then? LOL laugh out loud. I figured that one was going to come tonight. And I got undercurrents. It's funny because I describe our underprogramming that that runs through our life or the deep currents of the ocean. And sometimes we can paddle up here and feel like we're, we're forcing ourselves with our will to change and move over here. 
through discipline and, and effort, but that if we don't address those deep currents, once we relax, we're going to still flow in that deep current pattern. Well, that's the unconscious use of free will, the resistance. Mm -hmm. in, instead of saying you're sensitive to something or um, just say that you are um, rebelling against it, you're resisting it, replace the word sensitive to with the idea of resisting. Yeah, that's very good. Okay, and we have a call. We do. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hey, my name is Jim. I called a, about a year ago before I Welcome was going back. to New Zealand. Hey, good. Yeah, it's good to be back with you guys. Hello. Um, I went to New Zealand in search for love and found my own heart on a beach, a most beautiful beach I've ever been to, saying, oh. love mm. me, love me. And so I'm trying to do that. Well done. Yeah, <laughs> it Leave takes sense. Wait, let's hear what he's saying. You've got to go halfway around the world sometimes to do it, I guess. Uh, now, you said you found yourself there, right? I found my own self, my own heart saying, please love me, please love oh, me. Oh, that is so brilliant. What a beautiful, beautiful thing. Yeah, and you are doing it. Mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm really trying, <laughs> you guys. And I, I recently met a woman on um, Autumn Equinox. Ooh. And it was looking so beautiful and so pristine and then the reality of the ego mind and all our hurts and sorrows came up and destroyed the relationship. Okay, well let me present the concept that <clears throat> love brings out anything unlike love so that it may be healed. And that what was really going on, it, well this is true for a lot of people's relationships. Now if you guys are separated now then that's the perfect thing because <clears throat> the imperfect thing cannot happen. There's no such thing. So if we say that love brings out anything unlike love, I think sometimes those dysfunctional relationships that people stay in, even though they're abusive and painful, is because the love is bringing out the thing unlike love so that it can be seen and healed, and they haven't quite seen it or, or, or healed it yet. And then other times, the relationship does end, and it looks like it ends early, just like we say there's no life cut short, there's no relationship cut short either. That who, we have this definition that a complete relationship is happily ever after, till death do we part. And we also have this idea that reading a book, you start at the cover, this cover, and you go to that cover, and unless you get to that cover, you haven't finished the book and you have something incomplete. And part of the pain we feel when relationships end is we have that feeling that something is incomplete. But when we recognize that every relationship lasts the exact perfect amount of time no matter what we're mm -hmm. feeling yeah. it really does help and that your self-love brought that in so that you could love the parts of you that you still don't love yeah and in we as adults now finally remembering to love ourselves that takes a while you know if, if the life has been low self-esteem and you know, the average yeah. life led on the it planet Earth. It takes a while to Earth. propagate, yeah. Yeah, it takes a while. I'm thinking a couple years of you being okay with loving you before you would find someone else to share you with because we don't know us on the advanced planets that children are first taught, you know, who are you? Well, I'm three, I'm working on it, but my name is, you know, okay. And then um, what would you love to do with your life. Now, right there, um, you're talking on the advanced planets, 25 years of college. 
well. depending on the life, depending on the planet. But and then finally, who would you like to love to do this with? And pardon me for intervening in this, but you know this is a time-consuming process. So that was a very good first well, attempt at absolutely. loving, sharing your love of self with someone else. So. Yeah, but I yeah. know. We have yeah. more calls. That's beautiful. And also yeah. parts of us can be like that German soldier that was on, or the Japanese soldier on an island for 25 years that didn't know the war was over. We have a lot of those throughout our head that we happen upon, sometimes at the seemingly most unlikely moments. But as long as you're aware of them and know that they just haven't gotten the word that you love you yet, mm-hmm. um, and, and let them know that, it'll be mm-hmm. great. Well, great. Nice. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yes, thank you guys so much. Oh, Jim, it was great, thank you. Jim. Yeah, thank call you. us much sooner than a year, please. Yes, call back to We'd next week. We'd love to hear you next week. Yeah. Okay. Whenever we have you'd another like to call, call back. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, you're on the air. Uh, the now, this is raspberry. one of those vortex bleed-throughs from another dimension. You know, that's their language. That, uh, uh, hi, is there anybody there? Hello? It occurred to me that an island is automatically um, vortex because of the effect of the water on the land. There's a little tip of it like that, mm-hmm. and that's automatically a power place. Great. Hi, is, uh, you're on the air. Is there anybody there? If you got disconnected, please call back. We don't, we're having technical difficulties. Remember the old days when they had technical difficulties and they'd put that sign? It was usually a hand-drawn sign, technical difficulties. Okay, hello? Hi, Mary. Hi, yes. Hi, it's Valerie. Hi, I how don't are know, you? I'm David Small. You remember he was the cameraman? Oh, yes, yes. Oh, yeah. 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 I was actually wondering, could you do a reading for our family? Because, um, you know, just because stuff is going on, and I'm wondering, th- could you do something like that? Sure, let's, let's see what we get. And you're talking, um, you were with us at, over at AIM, right? Yes, yeah. yes. Oh, okay, uh-huh. over at their Arlington studio. Well, it's good to hear from you. Oh, good to see you on TV. Mm. <laughs> well, the first card we get is the rebel, and one thing that this tells me is whatever this is that's going on with your family is, is a response to elements, people, conditions, circumstances, thoughts, whatever it is, that was unwilling to change even though it was time to change. And so it, it, or it was time to change and forces were holding that change back. That is so on the money. And it burst out. Mm-hmm. And, and the rebel, remember, is always our friend. It's the, it's a, the guy we call in when, when uh, we haven't allowed ourselves to take that, that step. And as a result is the rebirth card comes in. And what I feel here is it's being called for gentle mediation amongst energies rather than acquiescing or forcing it. It's to rise up above it and come to a higher conclusion or higher view of it to get things to open up and start smoothing out and moving in the right direction and to um, remember that everybody is a creator in their own world and in this particular dynamic that's going on and letting that creator come forward by believing in them again, believing in him, her again, and letting it come out and also seeing what is, uh, own the parts that belong to you and let er- other people own the parts that belong to them. Okay, well, thank you. And oh, we great. Have, Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you. <laughs> Bye-bye. And we have another call. Do we have time? Hi, caller. What's your name? You have about four minutes. Good. 
Okay. I, I think Hi. 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 This is um, Edith from Buffalo. Oh, hey, Edith. Edith. How are you? Hi. Good. And I, I just wanted to tell you one of my favorite power spots is Niagara Falls. Oh, yeah. And uh, I just wanted to ask for a general reading. I'd be most happy to. And I'm going to hang up. Thank you. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye-bye. I would love to go to Niagara Falls. If anybody would like to go with me, let me know. We can do a little road trip. Okay, listening to your inner voice, I believe you've really, really been doing that, developing it and getting it really um, to the place where you're hearing it. But I, I don't know, I almost get a sense that you don't always trust it, even though you're hearing it. And that's okay, because that part of our brain that is designed to be skeptical to keep us in this physical reality may never let go of that. But what we do is not buy into that energy and feel like that's writing in our reality. This experiencing card is the mindfulness of living your life each moment one at a time instead of racing ahead or living it in another location. Be fully present where you are and what you're doing and you'll get a great deal of insight. And as a result of that, I feel some things you've been wanting in your life will start uh, panning out, coming to fruition. And uh, perhaps even job, and uh, I know we had discussed that in times past, but I do feel like that there's something along those lines that are opening up. Mm-hmm. Well, shall we do a quick On little... On the 16th, you'll be doing the EFT Prosperity. Yeah, EFT for Prosperity. And That's I'll, healing. And I'll be doing Parallel Lives, which is the idea that your soul has a number of other mm-hmm. human beings on Earth that are actually you. And that's followed by our new moon, mm-hmm. which is the fire ceremony. And then on the 17th, you're doing the introductions to dreams, which is your personal... Personal symbology. Yeah, excellent. It's a And then uh, on the 23rd, I'll be doing the new book, which is called Self-Empowerment Protocols. So I've taught it a few times, so uh, it's an important uh, bunch. And then on the 24th, Foundational Tarot, mm-hmm. you'll be teaching... And then the full moon with the bowls on the 30th of this month. And on the 31st, we'll be consciously creating your life. Okay. So we have a very well, full January. I would like to um, also encourage people to sign up for the mailing list mm-hmm. at telepathictv.com. Most pages have it at the bottom where you can sign up and you can unsubscribe, and it's all done through a service so your address won't be sold or anything like that. Um, also, you can get us on iTunes, and you can watch us, Telepathic TV, live on the Internet, Thursday nights, 8.30 Eastern Time, and um, you can watch many in the archive. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to just pull a card real quick for everybody, just gene- generically, if you had wanted a reading and didn't get on um, the air. And the card I pulled is Exhaustion, and what a wonderful one to get, to get for all the people that did not, not get through that wanted a reading. The exhaustion card pretty much speaks for itself. But ask yourself, what in your life is exhausting you? What is exhausting you? If you say, my job, then it's time to really reevaluate. If you say, coming home from work, I get exhausted because I have to do all the housework, well, then that's time to reevaluate that, too. Oh, excellent. And also to email us if you're interested in uh, the mind class, no matter where you are on the planet, we can Skype, we can have a good time. And if you are the only one you know on the Mayan calendar, you are light years ahead of everyone you know. You didn't mention psychic development starting on Tuesday. Oh, if, uh, if, um, 
If I get enough people, I will convene that. Tuesday the so 19th. So if you are interested in thinking about coming, email because I have to know if there's enough. Okay? Yeah, excellent. It was our joy and honor to take you to the door. Uh, we're about to be at Ruby Tuesdays in Fairfax Circle or Fairfax Snorkel, depending on how thick your If you're underwater. You. Yes. Or if you've got water on the brain. Or if you've got water anywhere. Yeah. Thank you.